I want to spend some time looking at uh, one really important aspect of uh, Taoist internal work. It's a large part of Qigong. Um, it's also known to be uh, very, very important within Neigong systems uh, and alchemy, uh, Taoist meditation. And that's the microcosmic orbit, the Tian. The microcosmic orbit is sometimes called the small water wheel, um, and it, but either, either term is fine. It's referring to the same thing. Most people understand it to be a, a circulation of qi that comes up the back of the front body and down the front of the body. Um, there are exceptions to this. Uh, there's different directions of flow. Sometimes in uh, there's gender differences within certain systems and things like that. But taking out all of the anomalies, generally it's understood that a line of qi that goes up the back of the body and down the front of the body to form one smooth orbit is called the microcosmic uh, orbit. It's written about extensively within uh, many traditions, and there's many, many books in uh, English in modern times that are talking about this phenomenon and this part of the training. There's also a lot of confusion around it, um, <clears throat> and as well as being uh, a really important part of the tradition, it's also a part of the tradition that, that sometimes is misrepresented, well, often is misrepresented in writings, and partially that's because uh, there's there's a lack of understanding that there's distinctions between different types of microcosmic orbit, depending on what stage of the training uh, you're at, and also how it's fueled in the first place. So let's go with the, the basic understanding of the microcosmic orbit, which is that there's a flow of energy or chi that rises up your back. It goes over the crown of the head. Um, sometimes they say that it moves into the skull uh, and then reconnects with the Ren channel on the front of the body and moves down. And some traditions say it just goes over your face. But whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Uh, the idea is that the chi flows up the back into the head and then down the front of the body to return back to the prunium. So you get one small orbit that is taking place. There's lots of reasons why people say you need this flow. Uh, some say it so it harmonizes yin and yang, something a little bit more uh, conceptual like this. Some say it's for health. Uh, some say it's for efficiency of body. Uh, some efficiency of the body's functioning and, and some even say it's required for spiritual uh, purposes there's lots of different reasons why people say you need it and and they might not agree for the rationale behind it but but i think that sometimes uh, the different views is because because they're talking about different types of water wheel so often um and if any of you and um, you know familiar with with how i explain things that i divide things between the hotian and the shantian the, the post-birth and the pre-birth uh, methods like two different uh, forms of training and the water wheel uh, certainly or the microcosmic orbit can be divide, divided into these two types of working so <clears throat> let's look at the first model where people um, understand that the first part of the microcosmic orbit is to have a flow of chi moving up your back towards the head so this isn't incorrect um, but it's also shallow it's a very very shallow understanding so the do channel, the governing channel, that runs uh, from the base of the body and the perineum, goes over the sacrum, over the tailbone actually, over the way loo, and over the sacrum, uh, goes up the center of your back and, and goes up to the crown of the head and over the face. Yeah, this is the governing channel. And one of the first things that we need to do, according to this school of thought of, of chi up the back, is to draw our body's energy uh, up uh, the channel along the, the back. So if you train qigong for any length of time, a, a system that you know, has a, a, a real methodology behind it, you know, a, a system with some actual sort of functioning behind it, you know. 
a working system, then you'll know that you can uh, feel this energy moving uh, up the back even quite early on in your training. It's a little bit harder to feel it move down the front of the body, actually, a little bit more tricky. Um, but suddenly you can feel it rise up the back of the body uh, quite early on in your practice. It's like uh, it's like something moving or tickling or conducting its way up your back or a line of heat, sometimes like a vibration um, or in very... Uh, rare cases like an electrical current that's running up the length of your back and and because people can feel it then they assume you know that that's the the microcosmic orbit but actually that's that's not actually the microcosmic orbit that's not the be all and end all of it uh, i'll explain why in a second then we have the the circulation down the front of the body and and once the channel opens on the front and the chi can sink back down to complete the orbit then yeah people will feel something uh, like moving through the nerves, uh, through the skin, down through the front of the center line of the front of the body. And this orbit, if you've ever studied any Qigong, you'll have come across it. Lots of writings on it, you know. For me, one of the key reasons for activating the water wheel, by the way, or the microcosmic orbit, sorry, I switched between these two terms, is because the traditions I come from originally called it the water wheel, but um, I've had to use microcosmic orbit when I'm explaining things publicly because people are more familiar with that term. So you'll have to excuse me if I jump between the two terms. But Part of the main reason for me is for recycling. So aside from any spiritual functions or anything like this, uh, if you're going to have any kind of work with dense energies within your body, whether they be uh, with whatever model you want to use, you know, you want to use a model of chi or energies or, uh, you know, electrical impulses or biomagnetic fields or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like whatever you're going to work with in your body, you're going to be creating a change. And you can also create as a byproduct of that, certainly within Chinese medical teachings, a lot of heat. Uh, and heat uh, essentially means there's too much pressure, too much energy, too much qi in a region of the body. And that will often rise up through the body because the nature of heat is to rise. Um, and what can happen is, is if you're practicing qigong and you're starting to develop too much of this heat, you can get problems. So you can get eye strain and headaches and migraines and things like this. Mood swings, you know, things like this. These are the result of heat rising. If you listen to the previous one of the previous podcasts is on Qigong sickness that I talked about. You'll understand a little bit some of the things that can go wrong in Qigong. Now, one of the most helpful parts of the microcosmic orbit, of course, is it's a recycling system. So it's like a safety valve. So every time something comes up and converts within the body, especially the channel on the front of the body, the Ren channel can help it to convert back down. So this is why sometimes they call it the water wheel. Um, maybe be more accurate to call it like the water cycle so they're using the metaphor of like you know the water uh, being heated up by the sun and turning into mist then clouds and then that condenses and then forms rains back to the water if you remember all those lessons back in school we had to uh, draw the water cycle within our environment i mean that's essentially what they're talking about that conversion of something that comes up back into a substance that goes back down in the body so you've got this safety mechanism there certainly no advanced uh, or intense pressurized based internal work like you get in some Negong systems should ever take place before the water wheel is is in situ in the body. I know there's some Negong systems that say, actually there are some, I'm quite familiar with all the different lineages, and there's, there's some Negong systems that say you shouldn't have the water wheel, you don't want the water wheel. Personally, I think those are dangerous. And what you often find from those Qigong systems that don't have the water wheel, um, and they just go straight on to like condensing and pressurizing or filling the Dantian or something, is often you find those people get very, very sick uh, within that system. And they won't put two and two together and they won't understand why. But I mean, what they're essentially doing is pressurizing the body and building loads of pathogenic heat within the system uh, that creates problems. Part of the problem with heat uh, is it damages the organs and it can create 
you know, an overgrowth of energy and cells and stagnation in the body, which can result in tumors and things like this. So at, at really, really extreme levels, don't be frightened, <laughs> at like really extreme levels. So the water wheel should be in place to make sure you've got some kind of recycling loop uh, back into the body. The other reason the water wheels is important um, that all the microcules be orbit is because when the do channel opens, especially, it's only when the do channel opens, the channel on the back, uh, that all of the uh, major component of the Jing Law Meridian System channel system in the rest of the body are able to open and mobilize. It's also the only way you can ever find the inside of the body within the internal arts uh, is to get the do channel open. Without the do channel open, your body will always operate in an external fashion. Um, and I'll explore a little bit with what that's about in a minute. The Ren channel then has to be opened because that balances the, the do channel. So if I open the channel on my back, the governing channel, and I open the channel system because qi can now flow from the do channel into the channels of the arms and, and things, which I'll explain, like I say, what that actually means in a minute. If I open all that up and I get that energy moving, but I don't open the Ren channel on the front of the body, essentially it puts your body into slight fight or flight mode. Uh, so you like it like dumps an extra adrenaline into your system, you know. So somebody with a very open do channel but no ren channel can actually get quite wired, you know, almost like they're always running on too much caffeine or something like this. And you see this in quite a few qigong uh, teachers and systems I've known that are always about moving energy, moving energy, moving energy, and they don't open the ren channel basically because they don't have song uh, release. And if the Ren channel doesn't open, the Du channel opens, they get very, very fiery. And you go to see these teachers, they've got wide eyes and hair that sticks out at every angle. And when they talk, there's phlegm flying in every direction. They're just like a ball of energy. It's like, you know, like having a, a sort of Tasmanian devil teaching the class or something. And basically, they're just wired. They're wired because the Du channel is open. So they're constantly in a state of fight or flight because that part of your nervous system will activate when the Du channel opens. When the Ren channel opens, which sinks down the front of the body, uh, then what happens is the chi is allowed to like adjust and spread and sink and the nervous system relaxes and you become very, very calm. So we want these two channels to work together. The do channel activate the yang, they say, you know, means move the chi in the body and create that energetic rising. But the ren channel to open the yin or to open the calming, sedating, smoothing actions uh, of the body or the calming, smoothing qualities in your mind, I suppose, because you can finally relax and come out of fight or flight mode. So this is another reason we need both of these uh, channels open. The do channel <coughs> is on your back and generally we open it through the alignments of the body uh, or the shallow, shallow level of opening it. There's different ways, right? So the first thing we do is we open up the body. So if you think about how we line up the body in internal arts, generally what we do is we sink the tailbone or the sacrum down toward the floor, right? And then we raise the crown, which essentially means to, to stretch the neck, right? When they say suspend the crown in these arts, obviously the, the back of your neck is opening, yeah? And then we open the Ming Men point, meaning that the lower back stretches open and releases. So your whole spine is, is quite pulled open, you know, because you've got the top of the head coming up and the sacrum going down or the tailbone going down. Uh, and that creates this length through your back. When this stretches like this what you're doing especially when you elevate your head up or you sink your body off of your head depending on what system you have you're essentially stretching the spine upwards when i stretch the spine upwards i'm pulling all of the connective tissues in my back up stretching the nerves in my back up and i'm encouraging up within the shape of my body right so 
part of the reason that neck alignment is so important, and especially the suspension of the crown, is that it stretches the neck and the trapezius muscles and opens the space between the bones so that the chi is encouraged up within your back. And this is how the do channel opens. So people with a very, very good uh, posture alignment will already start to encourage chi to move that way within the body because it will conduct essentially through the channels of the back. I'm not a person who believes that the nervous system is the channel system. I think that they have separate qualities. Um, I'm not one of these people who tries to overly westernize everything. I, I do accept there's an esoteric and, and spiritual side to all these arts. But at the same time, you'd be a fool to deny that the nervous system isn't affected by the, the qi, because there's an electrical quality to qi. Uh, and certainly when the do channel opens, you are stretching all of the nerves in your spinal column and, and coming out of the spine and spreading. I mean, you've ever seen a a medical drawing, like maybe a drawing that a chiropractor would use or something, showing all the nerves moving through the spine. There's a lot of them, right? And they connect all the different bits of the body. And certainly when I stretch open the spine, encourage that energy up, you're activating those nerves. And, and it's running through the region of the kidneys where the Ming Men resides. And it's not that hard to see why maybe it might put you into fight or flight mode if you're always stimulating this line of the body. Make you feel very, very energized. But after a while, too much time in that state will drain your kidneys and you get adrenal fatigue or, or kidney uh, qi deficiency or kidney you know, yang deficiency, depending on other factors, according to Chinese medicine, can happen because you've overexerted the do channel. The ren channel must be opened uh, to harmonize this uh, as soon as you can, because you generally open the do channel first, but then you don't want that to be the case for too long until you open the ren channel. And the ren channel is generally opened by releasing the chest. So they say empty the chest or hollow the chest. I don't like round the chest. I don't like that phrase that people use. I think it implies collapsing the chest too much. That's not what I'm talking about. But they talk about hollowing or emptying the chest, okay? So people say you hollow or empty the chest so that the chi sinks. That's one reason, true. But the other reason that you hollow or empty the chest is so that the REN channel opens. So uh, to do, like on a physiological level, right? So to empty the chest, some people don't realize that you don't do it by putting your chest or your ribs in an unnatural position. That's not healthy. So what I do instead is I take the suprasternal notch. Okay, so it's it's uh, Tian 2, REN 22 in Chinese medicine, where that acupuncture lies. If you don't know where that part of your body is, go online, go on Google, type in REN 22 or Tian 2 acupuncture point, and loads of Google images will come up. I, I'm, I'm pretty much sure of that uh, and that point you'll see is on the soft point on the base of your neck just above where the where the bone is on the bottom of your neck right and if i put my finger on that it's not very nice to poke it in here my voice goes funny yeah it's it's so, like the soft bit right at the bottom of your neck right before you hit the the sternum so this point here is interesting tian too because it's considered the only point that if I push into it, I can actually get on top of the chest cavity, right? I, I can obviously, I can get on top of my chest by going onto my shoulders, but that's my shoulders. But if I touch the front of my chest, I'm not on the top of my chest. Hopefully that makes some kind of sense. It's easier if you could see me doing it, but obviously a podcast, that's not going to help. So what I do is I, if you go into Tian Tu, put your finger on that soft point and press in. Now, if you press down with your finger to like through your torso, obviously you're now, you're pressing down on top of your chest cavity, right? All right, so hopefully that makes sense. You're pushing down on top of your lungs, okay? If you were to, if you were to actually penetrate the finger that deep, so this point is important for that reason. It's the heavenly crevice, the crevice uh, on the front of the chest, at the base of the throat, that you can get on top of the chest cavity. And what I do is I stretch up my back, open the do channel, and then I take Tian Tu and I relax it, okay? Song or Fan Song, depending on what you have, doesn't really matter. Either of those is fine. Release or relax. 
And what I do is I release and I relax that point through consciously just letting go. The tension disappears around the clavicle, uh, around the clavicles, the collarbones at this stage. When I relax, you'll feel it spread. It's like the tension just goes, you know. Uh, and the sternum will drop ever so slightly as a byproduct of the tension leaving. It's minuscule. It's like the, the sternum will drop a couple of millimeters. But when it drops, it releases all the tension in the diaphragm. It releases the tension in the ribs. And your chest becomes empty. And in Tai Chi or Qigong or whatever, this is how I, or Bagua, it doesn't matter. This is how I advise people to empty the chest. Not by curving it into an unnatural position, but just to put the mind on Tian Tu and just, just relax it. And it will rearrange the sternum and the ribs and the diaphragm and everything so that the chest, you'll feel it. It will like it drop and it sinks. When it goes down, because the sternum bone drops a little bit, it exerts a downward pressure on the connective tissues on the front of the body. And you'll figure out, you'll feel it after all. It's like it align, aligns all of the tissues on the front, on the center line of your front of your chest downwards. So you'll have like a, a sinking of, the, of the, the muscles in your sternum area. And if you've got a rippling six pack, some people do, I don't. But if you've got that line through the middle of the body, where that line runs through the middle of your six-pack, the center line down through your umbilicus, that will also drop and sink too because you're dropping the Tian Tu point. And consequently, what you're doing is now it will conduct uh, qi energy, a bioelectrical force, down the front of your body, essentially helping to open the Ren channel. So what I have now is a combination of the two. I have the back nice and stretched open and the crown suspended and Tian Tu or the sternum released on the front of the body encouraging a downward motion. And if you could see how the sort of fibers, if you want, in your tissues lined up, you would now have the back of the body stretched up and the front of the body released down. This is why when you suspend the head, you must release Tian Tu at the same time. Yeah, so what will happen is if people suspend the head and they don't release the suprasternal notch on the bottom of the neck, then all they do is they encourage energy up. And that's a lot of the reason why people can get pressure in their head with, um, well, anything from Qigong through to even some yogic practices, you know, fire breathing and stuff like that, that, that generates a lot of energy. You really need that Tian to release so it can sink back down. And this is how we line up the two channels. So this, after a while with practice, means that energy would have started to circulate up the back and down the front in a healthy fashion, you know. And still at this stage, I'm, I'm ignoring the, obviously there's reasons for other directions of flow and things like that. Yeah, sure. But the, the standard direction for most of the work should be up the back and down the front. Um, so we'll just stick with the standard for now, not the exceptions to the rule, just so you can understand how it works. So what, what happens when I, I stretch up the back and sink down the front is energy will start to move into them. You'll feel it. It's like tingling or moving, uh, especially in the back because there's so many nerves there. So you feel it like braiding and, and vibrating and a sensation through the middle of your back. Um, and then after a while, this will start to open the Du channel and the Ren channel. Is this the microcosmic orbit? No. That's something I want to be very, very clear on. It's not the microcosmic orbit. It's not the small water wheel. It's the Du and the Ren open. And some of you might be listening going, yeah, but that's the same thing. No, it's not. And this is this is what I want to make clear, right? This this here is the key. If you can understand this, you can understand why people have misunderstood the microcosmic orbit, in, in my humble opinion. It's because when you open a channel, all you are doing, and Chinese medicine people understand this, if you open a channel, you are increasing the efficiency of a system, right? So say, for example, um, I take my lung channel. So my lung channel, if you don't know where it is, it runs from your chest uh, down the arm and it runs to the end of your thumb. Okay, so it might sound strange, right? If you're not sure about Chinese medicine, you've got a channel called the lung channel. Well, it wasn't originally called the lung channel, but they adopted that name later. But they got a channel, I mean, that runs from the chest down to your thumb. 
11 points on it that corresponds to the health of your lungs. So put it this way, if I open the lung channel with acupuncture needles, maybe, or, or, or whatever, or maybe massage shiatsu or something like that, or, or you know, whatever, circulating chi, it doesn't matter, you know. If I open the lung channel by stimulating the points around my thumbs, does that mean that I have opened the lungs? Like, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean I've opened the lungs, it mean, the organ of the lungs. It means I've opened the lung channel. So, okay, so if the channel is open, it will function more efficiently. That then means, as a byproduct of that, the lungs can function more efficiently, all right? But they're not the same thing. I open the channel, it can help the lungs to function more efficiently. As a byproduct of that, over time, the lungs can start to function more efficiently. Okay, so hopefully you've understood that. But that doesn't mean that the channel and the lungs are the same thing. It just means that the channel influences the efficiency of the lungs. So if you were going to like, breathe nice and deep and stretch your lungs, you wouldn't expect to stretch your thumbs because they're separate things, right? But if I, if I needle the thumb, Okay, and I put a lung 11s on a very, very pleasant point. If you've never had that needle, it's quite <laughs> it's your thumbnail. It's quite unpleasant. Um, but if you if you needle that point, that doesn't literally mean I'm needling the lungs, right? I'm needling a channel that then increases the efficiency of the body's functioning related to the lungs. Hmm, maybe I'm confusing you. But hopefully you're going to hope, trying to get to see that even though they're related, they're not, not the same thing. Now, in the body... This works the same with the Du and the Ren, because the Du channel helps to govern Yang, but it's not Yang. Okay, this is Chinese medicine terminology. The governing channel on your back helps to govern Yang, but it's not Yang. It's like Yang itself is something else. Ultimately, it's a concept, you know, within the body. The Ren channel helps to govern Yin, but it is not Yin. <laughs> okay, Yin is a concept, a construct. So... What that means is if I open the do channel and then I open the ren channel, that doesn't mean I have the microcosmic orbit. What it means is I've opened the channels that will increase the body's efficiency that might lead to the potential of having the microcosmic orbit. I'll say that again because that's <laughs> probably hard to take in when you're just listening. Huh? I, I'd speak with my hands, so I'm doing sign language in the air right now, but it's completely unhelpful to you. So I open the do channel, the channel up the middle of my back, and I open the Ren channel on the front of my body, okay, those two channels are open, that means they will help increase the efficiency of the body's functioning, and they will make it more likely that I might attain the microcosmic orbit, the small water wheel, the small water cycle. Yeah, hopefully that makes sense. So once I've opened the Do and the Ren, which isn't even that difficult to do, to be honest, if you have the correct method, I then need further work to open the microcosmic orbit and, this, and the, the small water wheel. Opening the Do and the Ren channels alone will not do it. There are specific methods for opening the microcosmic orbit that you use. I'll explain them to you in a minute, so don't worry. But they won't work very well if the Do and the Ren channel are closed because they're governing the efficiency of those parts of the body's functioning. Ah, maybe, hopefully, starting to make sense for some of you. So... Let's step back from that a little bit from the microcosmic orbit and let's look at how the do channel works first. The channel itself, not the microcosmic orbit, the channel. Well, firstly, 
The channel runs through my back, and definitely the do channel, probably more than any other, has a very, very close relationship to the nerves that run through my spine, and, and those big bundles of nerves that spread out into all of the muscles and tissues of the body and connect to different organs, if you look at sort of chiropractic theory or something like that, right? Definitely has a connection to, to that, right? What happens is when I uh, manage to get enough stimulation into my spine, okay, and the channels of the back, essentially all of that energy gets stimulated within the, within the nerves, right? What are the first, like the stages of experience, not necessarily in sequential order, but, you know, 70% of the time they're in this order, I guess, but there's always exceptions to the rule. But you sequentially look at what happens. Well, the first one is the back gets hot, Okay, that can happen warm and people go oh yeah because it's a yang channel well warm is essentially because what happened is a lot of energy is moving into your back you could probably say like bioelectrical energy or something from the base of the spine uh, most spiritual traditions talked about that right like a, a form of energy based at the bottom of the spine right and this electrical energy moves into the nerves because the nervous system is not open enough to receive it yet it builds up resistance and if you think of a cheap electrical item with too much electricity running through it it heats up so the heat running through the spine and it rides right up your back and gets you really hot and you can feel it spread out from the back into the rest of the body is because there's too much resistance produced because too much energy is going through. It's not necessarily a problem, it's okay. Because what happens with time, the more time you practice the Qigong is the resistance in the Du channel goes down because it opens more, more space in the bones, more freedom of the nerves, less bundling of the nerves, you know, they relax and they release through all your practice and movements and song. So then what happens is the, the electricity can get through or the energy or the qi can get through the nervous system better and the heat starts to fade. So the heat becomes a temporary experience because you're getting the resistance and the heat is going. If you're still getting hot from the water wheel after a few months of doing it, then something is going wrong. It means you're not successfully releasing the tension in the channel, so you are stuck at an experience. And this is why in Qigong they say any phenomena should be temporary, don't attach to it. Not because of some weird mental hang-up you'll develop, which is what some people assume, but because if you attach to an experience, the experience is probably arising, uh, and oftentimes because your body needs to change. And if I attach to the experience or the experience stays, it means that the body is not transforming as it needs to. And if you hang on to an experience of phenomena with the body, like I really like that heat rising on through my back, the body is a weird thing. Humans are weird. I don't know why they do this. And the mind will go, I like that heat. So actually the blockages or the, the tension, the lack of releasing in the nerves will never change. So you'll be stuck with resistance all the time in the back and then the heat will never leave and you get stuck at that experience. And often people fall into that trap because they'll think, okay, that heat moving must mean the do channel is open. As soon as I lock onto that and I want that experience, it will stay. As soon as I go, okay, well, there's the heat. Okay, so what? Keep going with the practice. Then all of a sudden the do channel can release more, the nerves can spread. It's like they unbundle. I know that maybe that's not scientific, but they unbunch and the spine opens. The resistance is decreased the chi can move through the do channel more, to use classical terminology, the resistance is not there, and the heat thus disappears, fades away, and you go back to normal. Then from here, you can get a vibration or a shaking in the spine. That's quite normal. It's like a really sort of high-frequency buzzing, you know? And and actually, what you're feeling on the buzzing often is your body is weird, actually. And But if you if you palpate someone's spine, like put your hands on them while they're doing qigong, and this is happening, what you realize is actually their bones shaking. It's very weird. It's like the vertebrae are just sort of buzzing around. And what you, what you come to realize after a while is when these vertebrae are shaking, they're actually working their way open. It's like some kind of stimulus into the nerves is creating this reaction. I guess I'm guessing the muscles, I don't know, are like vibrating around either side of the spine, and then they'll just pop open. And the spine will get longer. And I've known people who, um, 
you know, I've been stood in a Qigong exercise, maybe in a Wuji posture, a standing posture, or maybe a simple movement. And all of a sudden, just there's been almighty crack, like a click, like a chiropractor's done, like a strong adjustment. And just their vertebra have just like <laughs> popped open. It's like they've shaken themselves open and the spine lengthens. And one of the key signs of the Du Channel opening is normally people can gain like an inch to an inch and a half in height. A lot of people, just because their vertebra move further apart from each other and the spine lengthens and you get a bit taller, you know. So... This vibration comes after that, just as everything shakes itself into the right position, you know. Then after this, uh, what can start to happen is, of course, that the, the energy starts to, uh, well, classical terminology, they say that the Du channel governs Yang, and that governs the movement of Qi, the rest into, of the channel system, you know. So the rest of the channels will open. Now, to me, what happens is when enough energy gets into the Du channel, it starts to spread. And if you look at like the body, the shape of, the, of a human body will almost always show you where energy is going to go. It's not hard to see, right? Channels running gullies, things like that. And, and I always think if someone wants to understand Qigong, one of the first things you should do is get one of those anatomy books um, where you see like, you know, a man or a woman's body with, with all the skin peeled off. You know, definitely use a book. Don't do it for yourself. You'll in a basement peeling skin off the neighbors or something, you'll definitely go to prison and deservedly. So so get an anatomy book and, and you have a look at those diagrams where the skin's peeled off and you see like the red man or woman's body with all the sort of muscular fibers on it. I'm sure you know the diagrams I mean, you know. Any school anatomy book has it. And if you look at the back and the shape of a back, especially the trapezius, right, you've got this kite-shaped muscular system on the back and the fibers spread off of the spine and it's like the trapezius is rising and spreading up your back, right? And what happens is, is the chi follows that same pattern because it, I guess it follows the grooves of the shape of the body. And you feel the energy come up and it fills the trapezius. And then what happens is your back will naturally start to spread. So your back will open. It's very strange. You don't open your back. But first of all, the heat comes and then the shaking and then the spine lengthens and then the back starts to widen of its own accord. And it's like something is opening you from the inside. If you've never experienced it, keep going, you will. And it's rather cool. It's like you're just sort of growing, you know, the diamond is getting bigger on your back, that kite shape, and it widens. Then what happens is the energy, uh, the chi, whatever term you want to use, spreads into the rest of the channels. And personally, what I believe is happening is like the nervous system is getting stimulated more and everything starts to move and you'll feel it. It's like all of the connective tissues and soft tissues and spongy things, whatever they are, under your skin start to creep around and move. It's all of a sudden like the nervous system is alive. And I didn't mean to sound that like a, I didn't mean to say alive. It's alive, like a mad scientist at that stage, but I couldn't help it. So what happens is the nervous system starts to get stimulated and all that energy gets into it. And what do you feel? You feel tingling, like little ants crawling over your skin and stuff, right? And you feel it in your hands and you feel it in your arms, you feel it in your face, you feel it all over. These little patches are tingling, all because the dew channel's opening. And you might say, oh, patches of chi releasing or something. Well, yeah, sure, but, but think about it. Like, when do you feel that sort of tingling? Well, ultimately, it's because the nerves are stimulated, right? It's like the nerves are being stimulated by all this energy rushing into the, into the, into the channels or the nervous system. Now, again, I want to point out here, I don't believe the channel system is solely the nervous system. I just think that especially with the do channel, from what I've seen, the do channel does stimulate the nerves, like more than any other channel. It's like just wax energy into the nervous system, probably because of its uh, close proximity to the spine you know so all this tingling comes into the body because the nerves are getting stimulated right and they say that the yang energy your body is becoming more yang more yang more activity more life right and, it, and after a while it can be like little static electrical shocks moving through the inside of body because your nervous system runs on a quite a sort of electrical quality to it and then it then once it gets stimulated enough 
then it's like the nerves start to affect the inside of the body and all of the tissues start to mobilize. And you've ever seen anybody who's very, very good at Qigong or Tai Chi, uh, especially those two arts. Bagua is a bit harder to see because they move so bloody quick. But if you look at especially Tai Chi people because they're moving around like a elderly person moving through thick syrup, you know, nice and slow. And you watch them doing their form or you watch the Qigong, you'll notice that it's there's something else going on. It's not just their joints, man. Like if they're actually good, it's like the flesh is moving. It's like it's alive. It's like that, oh, that's that word again. It's like venom off of, you know, the, the thing that fight Spider-Man before they had legal issues between the film companies. But, you know, it's like this, if you've ever seen Venom, it's this black symbiotic tar that climbs all over uh, its host and it's like alive. And it feels like that underneath the skin. And you can see it on really good Tai Chi and Qigong practice, like their flesh is alive. It's moving slightly separately from the bones. And somebody who's very good at the internal arts can mobilize their tissues and their flesh slightly, not masses, obviously it doesn't climb off the body, that'd just be weird, but you can, they can mobilize their flesh around their joints and around their bones and have this hypermobile body. And, and it's not happening through any sort of clever manipulation of the joints like a body popper or something. It's because the, the do channel is open in classical terminology so that the qi is reaching into all of the channels and bringing yang. And what is yang? Yang is life, yang is movement, yang is mobilization. I think what happens is enough bioelectrical energy gets into the nervous system that it hyperstimulates the nerves, which starts to affect all of the soft tissues, that if you've relaxed them enough and connect them to together like some organic wetsuit on the body, that it can mobilize under the action of this electrical current and, and hey presto, internal movement. Hopefully that made perfect sense. That's a do channel opening, right? But if you think about it, right, all of that stimulation of the nerves that's required, all that energy that has to get into there through progressive practice, stimulates the nerves and mobilizes the body, wakes everything up, perfect, great, but putting you into fight or flight mode because your nervous system is getting stimulated. So a lot of people have to go through a stage where they're quite wired, like I said, you know. I remember it, doing the Qigong, and you hit that stage of the two channels, and it's like, yeah, I could take on the world. I could fucking destroy the world. I could run the world. This is fantastic. I've got so much, oh, shit, i got a headache. <laughs> and then everything's ruined. <laughs> the fantasy is gone. You're just suffering with migraines. But it, it you know, I'm jesting. But that's kind of what happens, you know, it's like stimulated body, you get lots of energy, but over time, you're too much in fight or flight. And that's where the REN channel has to be opened, because otherwise somebody who only opens the DO channel, like I said, will get kidney burnout, adrenal uh, fatigue. So the REN channel opens up and sinks down. And then what happens is essentially you, the, oh, I forgot the term, excuse my poor technical terminology. I'm sure some of you write in the comments underneath the correct scientific terminology for that other bit of the nervous system that relaxes you. I apologize. And I feel like a right dickhead when I read the comments afterwards. And that's what I meant. But you know, there's a part of the nervous system that relaxes you out of fight or flight. That part of it is opened when the REN channel opens and sinks and releases. And when the REN channel sinks and opens and releases, if you look at the pathway of some of the bundles of fibers for that part of the nervous system in anatomy, but the name has escaped me off once again, but you'll, you'll actually feel things moving in that region of the body deep inside. It's like you feel that current moving in here and that's the REN channel starting to open up, right? Now, is that the water wheel? No. Is it the micrograms wheel bit? No, because they're the same thing. That is the channel system opening, right? So the do and the ren open to create internal movement, right? So I've, this is the background I come from. I've got pretty good internal movement, if I say so myself, but I'm shit at other things. So it's all right. It's not cocky to say because I'm crap at other stuff. Can't cook. Driving's terrible. You wouldn't get in a car with me. Incredibly dangerous. Uh, I have, basically, I have no skills at anything except the Taoist arts. 
Um, if I didn't have the Taoist arts, I'd be completely useless. I don't know what I'd do, actually. Sort of fumble around looking for someone to look after me. <laughs> but, you know, I'm pretty good at internal movement. I got quite a lot of movement through the body um, because I'd done lots of years of this. And the model I came from was right up. For any internal movement, I got to activate the Do channel and the Ren channel because I came from an alchemical background and I got to release and song so that the tissues can mobilize and have space so that Do and the Ren can affect them. And yet I've met people uh, very, very good at um, Tai Chi, uh, especially, um, who maybe didn't come from that model. That wasn't that em- their, their emphasis, um, you know, and yet they got incredibly good internal movement. So even though they didn't do the use of the Do and the Ren, they're very, very good internal movement. Uh, and some Tai Chi practitioners like, oh, awesome, they can move all this tissue around. So out of interest, when I got to know someone a bit better, I, I asked if I could palpate especially the Do channel and, and feel it. Because um, you you don't ask that on people you don't know, do you? You know, it's a bit weird, isn't it? You go to a park in China, can I palpate your do channel? You're like, you pervert, get out of it. But once I got to know people a bit better and I said, can I palpate the do channel? Interestingly, when I touch the body, do channel is incredibly open. Like energetically, there's loads flowing through there. So even though they were mobilizing the tissues in a different way, the byproduct of that was the do channel was open or perhaps their mobilization methods opened the do channel without them knowing. I mean, maybe they didn't know that was a mechanism behind it. Who knows? But certainly the do channel was hugely, lots of energy flowing through it to, to mobilize the tissues. So it's, it's certainly there's a, a shared modality across alchemy and qigong and neigong and uh, uh, tai chi there and bagua. Xingyi, oh, who knows? Xingyi, some people are gonna, you're going to hate me for saying this. I practice tai chi, xingyi, bagua, but xingyi to me is like a semi-internal, semi-external style compared to the other two, you know, but you know, I apologize for that. That probably makes me a xingyi heathen. I love xingyi. I love xingyi. Forgive me, but it's semi, it's half internal, half external. But certainly in bagua, tai chi, the, the do channel operates in the same way. I digress. So, uh, what are we talking about? Do and ren, micronosbuing orbit. Uh-huh. Mobilization of the tissues. So I can see when somebody's do channel is open. That, that small summary in bullet points was, <laughs> was me working through my mental blockages so I can remember what I was thinking, not, not for your benefit. <laughs> it's not a summary. So the, the do channel opens and the tissues mobilize, right? That's how I can see often if someone's do channel is open. And before I palpate them, before I, I check what's going on, I don't have to use any amazing chi emission into the channel to see what comes back, like bat fink or something like that, if you know who that is. I don't have to do anything. I can literally just see usually from the quality of the person's body and how mobile the tissues are and how active everything is, whether they've actually managed to get the do channel open. So that's the do and the ren opening. There's lots more to it, you know, but this is a short talk. And, I, you know, I could talk for days. You probably realize if you've known me for anything, time, I do have verbal diarrhea. It's a problem. Uh, so I could talk for a long time on this, but I'm trying to keep it brief. But this is the basis. This is the sort of most important things of the Ren and Dudu channel opening. There's all sorts of things from a medicine point of view as well, but this is kind of the mechanics. And certainly in Qigong, this is what we're after. So now, what is the water wheel? The water wheel, first of all, does not circulate through the two and the Ren channels. Oh, no. Now people are swearing at me, I'm sure. There's probably people disagreeing all over the place. They don't flow through the Do and the Ren channels, no. That's not what moves through the water wheel. But it does move very, very close to those channels. actually a little bit deeper in the body. Um, so I'll explain what the water wheel is. Okay, so first of all, the microcosmic orbit. Okay, so microcosm means the body. Okay, your body. Okay, orbit. It's an orbit. Yeah, it's the small heavenly orbit, microcosmic orbit. So your body, there's an orbit that's in your body. So if we look at our chemical terminology, you have to bear with me here. They say that the, the heavens operate according to the sun and the moon. Uh, and the sun and the moon and the... Was it the wind? I'm not sure. 
You can find it yourself somewhere in alchemical terminology. Sun, the moon, wasn't the stars. I think it was the wind, actually, but I don't know. Anyway, they talk about those kind of heavenly uh, things, you know, in the cosmos, heavenly um, phenomena. If we look at how the body operates, according to alchemy, it operates according to uh, uh, fire and water, primarily. Fire and water. So alchemically, they're talking about the energy of the heart or the consciousness, and they're talking about the energy of the body or the jing, uh, or the blood, or, or these fluids, basically. So the body operates like this. The large heaven, Datian, large heaven, the macrocosm, does not operate according to fire or water. The small heaven, the Xiaotian, uh, uh, operates according to heaven. So in the, in the small heaven of the body, the small microcosmic orbit, it's water that, that operates the body. So that means that it's water that has to orbit through the body. So what is the water? Is qi water? No. No, it's not. The jing is the water. Yeah, so cosmologically they're talking about wind within the body they're talking about water you've got the basis for feng shui there right if you've wind and water if you can maybe piece those together you're doing well but within the the body the jing is the water so it means the jing needs to circulate the jing needs to circulate through the body does your jing circulate through the du and the ren channel ding jing is your essence right if you're not familiar with the opinion or the chinese it's opinions mandarin see it doesn't circulate through there, no, the Jing does not. So the Jing, the Qi circulates in these channels. So the Qi in the channels, the Du and the Red moving, opens the channel system and means your body can function efficiently enough that then you can start working with the Jing, the water that you circulate through the body, which is why the other name for the microcosmic orbit is the small water wheel or small water cycle. Okay. So what do we need to do? We need to look at what the Jing is first. What is the Jing? The Jing is the essence. And it is not your sexual fluids. That is the first thing. I don't often like to completely go against what some other Qigong teachers say. I don't like to. What some Taoists say. I think it's a bit rude. And I try to be a bit more diplomatic sometimes and sort of say this is my opinion. But in this case, I will categorically state and be rude. The Jing is not your sexual fluids. And if you've been told it's your sexual fluids, solely your sexual fluids, work with your sexual energy, raise your sexual energy, cultivate your sexual energy, you've been lied to. The teacher is mistaken. Yeah, that is not true. The Jing and the essence is the blueprints for who you are esoterically with alchemy, right? So your jing is like your life force, if you like, and your fuel, it's the petrol in the tank. It's said to be stored around the kidney, so it has a close uh, effect too, a close, um, sorry, relationship with the do channel anyway. That's why I'm saying if the do channel starts to become too excessive, the water can become weak, the jing gets burnt out, your essence can get weakened. So it, it resides here in the kidneys. From here within the body, it rises down towards the meeting point of yin, huai yin, your perineum. Okay, sink. Uh, sorry, it doesn't rise. It sinks down from the kidneys to there. It's called the meeting point of yin, the sea of yin, this point, huai yin, because the most yin substance in your body is the jing compared to qi and shen. It's your essence. And it sinks down to this region to gather at the base of the body. Some people don't agree with this, but if you don't agree with that, then you already don't agree with the basis of the entire of Nadan Taoist alchemy, because the entire basis of Nadan Taoist alchemy is we get that point on the base of the body, the Jing, to be cooked and rise up to meet the Qi of the Dantian to stimulate the firing process. So it's quite a major part of Taoism, the belief system that your essence goes to the perineum. What happens from there is it starts to move and generate various different things. So your Jing is responsible in part, not solely, but it contributes to the production of your blood, for example. It contributes to the health of your immune system. Okay, 
if we modernize Chinese medicine a little bit, or also if we sort of mix the two a bit, I know it's a bit of a bastardization, but Chinese medicine and Western medicine, the Jing also contributes to the efficiency of the endocrine system and the hormones and the glands of the body. All of these things are generated by the Jing. Uh, regrowth of cells, you know, that replace themselves every, what, seven years or something? I don't know when, you know, every seven years they say you have a different body or I don't know what they say, but all of this is generated by the movement of the Jing, the health of the bones, the strength of the bones. See, the essence is giving you everything about your physical existence. It is the water, the basis of who you are on a physical level, like your growth, not your mind, but like the bodily side of it, right? That's why if your Jing is deficient, like if you're born with deficient Jing, you probably have a birth defect or something like weak bones or joints that face the wrong way or an arm missing, I don't know, whatever. But Jing governs this, right? The fire, this is the water, the fire governs your consciousness. Okay, it's different. The water governs your growth and body. One aspect of your Jing is your sexual drive. One aspect of your jing. That's it. One aspect of your jing. The sexual drive from here generates the creation of the sexual fluids, right? So this then obviously creates things like uh, semen and, and what have you, which is why there was uh, restrictions around sexual activity quite often in our chemical text so that they could access one part of the jing to make it grow still. But that doesn't mean that your jing is purely or is your sexual fluid. That is one very small part of your essence of your jing, okay? In women, it's not even a major part of it. I mean, it, it does play a part in it because it produces the eggs and, and things like this. But but it's also the menstrual blood is generated from it as well, which is a far bigger issue for women than their, than their sexual fluids, you know, for, for Qigong practice. So the Jing must, uh, essentially, what we must do is bring it still. That's the basis of the water wheel. So the idea is uh, that they think about it like this. Mine's your Terminator 2. I don't know if you know that film, if you're old enough, but it was the top special effects of the time. Nowadays, it looks shit, but the special effects of the time were cool because this guy could like melt down into a mercury puddle. This is the robot, right? Melt into a mercury puddle and he could like spread out and you'd blow him up and he'd melt him. And then the mercury would just like suck back together. It was like the liquid would just sort of come back together and turn into a solid dude, you know? And um, it, it's not a true story, Terminator 2, in case you weren't sure. But the... Uh, essentially, it's to me, it's like that with the Jing. When the Jing spreads and disperses, then you start depleting. And when the Jing starts to consolidate and come together, uh, then then that is, you know, then it can contribute to the body in healthy ways, create growth and things like this. So what we need to do is make the Jing come together. This is why they call it consolidate. And the only way we bring it together is by making it still. That's what it comes down to. And to make it still, we still our desires and we still our sexual drive, okay? We stay away from all those things that stimulate that part of our mind and stimulate the body to activity. So how do we how do we bring the jing still? Well, first of all, we rest. We have a lot of sitting practice and deep breathing, yeah? So how do you bring the jing still? Often it's during meditation retreats and things like that. We're not doing too much, you know? You're not doing hard labor or jogging or anything like that. So the body is not having to work and produce more. It just goes still. The mind goes still so that the kidneys are not stressed and, and not adrenal fatigue because the kidneys and the jing are related so it comes together. And then no sexual desires or stimulation of any sort so that the jing can grow still. Then when it grows still, it will start to create essentially heat at the base of the perineum. And now you have like energy. And again, it's like it's building. You feel it like heat. 
And that is what needs to move into your microcosmic orbit. That is the fuel of the microcosmic orbit or the small water wheel. It's like the Terminator 2 Mercury is condensed. It's not spread out like a puddle because he's been blown up. It all condenses into that point at the perineum. And that's what we require. So why do I say it's not sexual fluids? Because you can't use sexual stimulation to start the water wheel. And this is where so many people are going wrong. You do not sexually arouse yourself or use sexual antics with another person or three people or whatever the fuck you do or whatever, an animal, I don't know. You don't do any of that because as soon as you arouse the body in any way, you actually start to spread the jing so you don't have enough jing to move into the water wheel. It doesn't work. As many times as people would love spirituality to be about sex, it's not. <laughs> and I'm not a prude, like in any way, shape or form. And I think people should have a healthy sex life and it's a great part of life and things like that. But it is not the way to spiritual growth. Otherwise, people would be fucking their way to enlightenment for generations. It's not the case. If you're there like going, no, he just doesn't understand the secret power of tantric sex and stuff. Do you ever question yourself and think maybe um, the basis of spirituality being in sex might be because somewhere inside of you it's convenient for something someone has told you about spirituality to actually align with one of your deepest desires and it'd be really convenient if spirituality was about sex no oh, oh no definitely not that's not what you think no you're completely unbiased all right sure i take it back then <laughs> like anybody who got interested in Taoism, especially at a young age as a teenager i explored this idea of you know sexual energies being able to produce spiritual growth um but uh, and I got sucked up in all that for a while, like everybody does, and, and exploring that and, and got very excited. And then, and then you, you realize that it's a little bit of crap. It's not, not true. Most of the teachings around uh, sexual um, practices uh, in Taoism actually came from two sources. One of them was a little book that they placed under a young bride's pillow because you were supposed to be a virgin until you had sex to tell her what the fuck was going to go on that evening. And the other one, the other source for, more like a pillow book, you know, and the other source for sexual practices was actually for uh, men to understand how to have sex without damaging their jing too much. So it was primarily uh, so we could understand when we read, oh shit, this, you know, like I need to moderate my sexual activity or learn how to use it properly to protect myself. But it wasn't about uh, learning how to come enlightened through it it really wasn't that's just a big misunderstanding if you don't believe me don't go to the modern books go and actually find some translations of sexual classics from Taoism and see what i mean it's very very clear now what happens is the jing must consolidate and then the jing the essence must be extracted at the base of the body that cannot happen if you're sexually aroused and we extract it through clever contractions and breathing methods around the perineum until what happens is there's a substance that moves into the spine and not on the back of the body, not on the do channel, but into the spine and it will move up through the body and, and through the do channel. So this substance is extracted from the essence of the base of the body. What this substance is, I'm not sure exactly, but it's probably something hormonal. Um, but I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I got no idea. But what happens is you extract it from the base of the body, uh, from the perineum and it moves up through your body and it feels like a thick viscous fluid flowing into the nervous system and flowing up through the center of the spine, not on the back where they place the dew channel on the surface of the skin, but inside the center of the spine. And it's almost like it lights up the inside of the body. It's very, very powerful. And this is only extracted 
when the sexual desires are still. That's very important. And we draw it up through the body and it reaches the crown of the head, but it doesn't flow in the do channel. It flows in a similar place. But then when it reaches the crown of the head, it starts to produce inside at the base of the back of the tongue, even by talking about it, actually, I'm starting, my body's starting to produce it. Excuse me when I swallow. But it produces a, a very thick, um, very, very sweet uh, fluid substance. It's almost like you've got a mouthful of honey or weirdly like Coca-Cola or something. I know that might sound a bit unnatural to some, but it produces a substance up at the root of the tongue, at the base um, of, of the tongue, I guess, like quite far back. And what happens is called jade fluid. And it starts to get, in Chinese, and it starts to get produced. I'm sorry. And then what happens is it fills your mouth and, and then it'll start to flow down. And when you, you have to swallow it, otherwise you end up choking on it because quite a lot comes out. And when you swallow it down, you feel it. It's weird. It moves down all the way through the center of the body, not through the Ren channel, through the middle of your torso. It's like it rains down. And you can see why they might have likened it to the water cycle, because now what you have is a, a lake at the bottom of your body, I suppose, around the perineum. And when you extract the essence, because that's what you do, you extract the jing from the from the essence. You extract the, you extract the essence from the jing, I suppose, if you like. And it comes up through the body and it moves up through the nerves, lighten them up. Then it comes in the head and then it starts to produce this fluid, then rains down through the body. And you can see why it's the water cycle. It's like they've been turned into clouds when they get up the top, because it certainly disperses when it gets near the brain. And then it turns into rain and it starts to flow down through the inside of your body. And, and it activates your hormonal system and your glandular system and makes them like function to an incredibly high level. So your body starts producing all of these chemicals uh, within the center of it that starts to make the functioning of your body highly efficient on the inside. And if you look up how the endocrine system works and you think of that running super efficiently, you can see why it might do that, why it might make you feel good. This is the water wheel. This is the microcosm wheel. This is the Shantian pre-heaven aspect of the, of the water wheel. So what I'm saying like, is that the do and the ren circulation is not the microcosmic orbit per se. They are the channels that increase the efficiency of the body's functioning to such a state that then you can still the jing at the bottom of the body through stilling your desires, stilling the basis I essentially becoming very, very calm and very, very quiet in your mind. You've got the whole basis of meditation, right? And then extracting it through our chemical training. So it moves up and down through the inside of your body to nourish essentially the nervous system and the and the hormonal system, the glandular system, you know, whatever, and the endocrine system, that's something on the inside of the body. And this is the microcosmic orbit. From there, there's then other levels of this, but that's the basis of it. So sometimes when I've seen people who've got the flow of chi through the channels, the through the doing the ren, doesn't necessarily mean it's the waterway, it just means the doing the ren are open. Yeah. So here's some errors. Number one, do not imagine your line through the body, right? So what I mean is don't put your mind on the base of the spine and move it up your back and move it down your front or focus on acupuncture points, sometimes called the clipping passes, you know, main points along these channels, because that won't move the chi through the channels. What it'll do is because your mind is interacting with a bit of your body, your nerves will tingle in reaction and you'll feel something moving through the body, but it, it's not, it's just your mind. It's like if I put my finger on the tip of my index, my mind on the in tip of my index finger, I'm looking at it now, all of a sudden I feel a density and a pressure on the tip of the index finger. You can do it yourself. It doesn't mean that I've opened the water wheel there. It's because my mind interacts with the nerves that become stimulated. So if you put your mind on your back and imagine this line moving through you or move your mind up and down, that's what you'll do. You stimulate the nerves. Now you could argue that by doing that, 
maybe the nervous system is opening and you're moving the chi through that line. But what you'll find is the chi will move, if you want to use that term and you want to say the chi is moving, if you say the chi is moving through the duodenum at that moment, fine. But when you take your mind off of it, it will stop moving because your mind is no longer interacting with the nerves, so you won't be stimulated. If you manage to line up the do and the ren properly by using structure and alignment and breathing and building enough chi through whatever system you have, then actually the, the water wheel will start on its own, um, the microcosm wheel will start on its own, and it will continually run because your body will function at a more efficient level. It's only when you do that that the water wheel channels are open enough that you can actually get this conversion of substances of jing, conversion of jing into the jade fluid inside the center of the body. So imagination will not help you. Leading things with your mind will not help you. Like it has to be done through building enough chi and opening the channels through your practice. Second error, make sure the ren channel is open because if you open the do without the ren, you get overly yang, adrenal burnout and kidney uh, deficiency. And then you won't have enough jing for the water wheel anyway, right? You know, defies the point. If I open the do, perfect. Depleted the kidneys, shit. Haven't got enough jing to actually <laughs> create this cycling of inverted commas water through my body, you know, the jing into the the J fluid substance. Third error. Okay. Do not think about using sexual energy and lifting sexual energy up through my spine at the point of orgasm or stimulating myself sexually and then rising up through the body. Because uh, in some cases it won't work because you're already spreading the jing. The jing is spread, it's dispersed, it's not consolidated enough to move. Unless you're one of those lucky people who has a huge amount of sexual energy, you've got this big libido and all that jing, and even when it's spread, there's still enough to use. Because what will happen is the body and mental qualities and how they relate to each other are quite um, distinct and quite profound. And if I take that energy at the base of the body and I draw it up through me and it's based on sexual desire and for some reason I've got enough jing to move it, what happens is you start soaking that sexual desire through your body. And when you start soaking it through, what happens is your body learns that it's supposed to be stimulated on sexual desire. It's like a, a reward scheme. And then what will happen is your libido will go up and you end up becoming sexually obsessed because you're moving your essence through the nerves right up into your brain and moving all the sexual stimulation. And what you end up is sexually deviant and, and sexually obsessed. And then you're actually doing the opposite of cultivation because you're increasing your desires. You're increasing everything that you're trying to move away from within spiritual cultivation. Loads of Qigong schools within the Taoist tradition went down this route. That's why you get these sort of, um, uh, well, I mean, they're, they're overly sexually obsessed, aren't they? I mean, that's what it is. And again, not prudish, like sex is a part of life. Great, wonderful. But but you, you open a Qigong book and you like open page one and it's like, oh, it's quite sensible. By page three, all they talk about is sex. And then you've got sex, 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 sex all the way through. And you think, my God, this person's missed the point completely. It's just all about shagging. It's, I remember like when I first went to, it can be embarrassing, you know, because I remember I met, when I first met my current wife, you know, so we weren't married at the time, and I met her and I went to meet her family for the first time and, and she was a bit younger than me and, and I think she's like eight years younger or something, so they're already a bit like, who's this guy? And he's a bit weird and he turns up and he's foreign he's, and he's English, you know, and she's Swedish and I turn up at the house. And they're like, oh, it's, what's this? He's into hippie shit and spirituality and, and stuff. So already I wasn't on the best footing for, you know, trust with the family. And so I was trying to explain what you do. And they go, oh, you're a Harry Krishna. I'm like, no, not a Harry Krishna. What do you do? And like, well, Taoism. You ever heard of that? And they're like, oh, okay. So they go get out the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica or whatever the Swedish version is. And they get the, because they're an old-fashioned family. They don't use the internet. They got these big books out and they open it up. And they're going through to tea and uh, Taoism. Open up the book. All it's got it's page after page of sexual techniques. It's like nothing else is in there. So I got this new family, new girlfriend, meeting the family for the first time, open a page onto this like old drawing of these 
two old Chinese guys like doing a threesome with Chinese girls like and sucking sexual fluids up in the brain it's not a good opener for meeting your new girlfriend's family let me tell you but <laughs> it's also a huge misunderstanding that that was a major part of the Taoist tradition because it certainly wasn't but if someone's been doing a lot of these sexual practices thinking it's going to open the water wheel then that's what happened the mind will become fixated on that energy and then you're lost you're lost on the path you know so sorry I'm eating at the same time it's very unprofessional much recording and eating I'm sure hmm. to still the jing and to move it through this cycle moving into the body is the water wheel and this is the basis of um, alchemical stuff it can be done in qigong but it's not the most efficient tool normally it's alchemy um, nadan practices that do it generally qigong is used beforehand to open the du and the ren channels uh, to you know help you get the efficiency of the body functioning at such a level that the jing can actually be worked with to any major level the hotia and the post heaven aspect basically your body aspect of the water wheel is the do and the ren the shantia and the pre-heaven the actual circulation of water is the consolidation of jing within the side of the body that sends extracted so the essence is taken out of the body it's very interesting that one of the side effects of um, extracting the essence the energy from your jing uh, out um, is that what happens is you actually become i always get these two words mixed up if i get them the wrong way around male practitioners here will panic so i'll try and get these the right way around you will become infertile not impotent <laughs> let's get these right way around so what happens is when you extract the essence out of your out of the base of the body actually the jing is removed from your sexual fluid once again you know showing you that your sexual fluids and your jing are not actually the same thing they're related but you extract the jing from the sexual fluids mean that when you ejaculate actually if you have sex with someone you become infertile um, because you, the jing, the life force essence within Chinese medicine, whatever is actually happening, I don't know, but the life force essence is extracted from the sexual fluid and you've been circulating it through the body and using it for other things. Um, so you, you become in, infertile. Uh, not impotent, you still have a sex drive and everything, but you just couldn't get somebody pregnant because there's no jing, there's no essence, no none of that thing that's going on to create the life you know, in, in, inside the uterus. So if somebody is practicing these kind of things, not not the standard qigong circulating challenge, but the deep water wheel microcosmic orbit practices to extract the jing, you actually have to stop practicing them for a good two or three months before having sex. If you'd like to conceive, if you'd like to have a child, you have to give the body time to repair itself if you want and to actually allow the jing to go down into the sexual fluids. Um, and this is a very clear phenomenon that might sound odd to some, but um, I know people peers you know close enough that i talk about that yeah this talk with them about such things um that yeah this is a recognized phenomenon across lots of people that, they, that when they actually extract the jing from the sexual fluids if your practice is not based on sexual desire but on stillness and consolidation of the jing the actual practices uh, then that jing is taken out and then yeah like in a, inability to impregnate somebody you know but so then yeah it has to be reversed uh, if you want to get someone pregnant so uh, that's a, a bit of a rundown of the water wheel. Like I say, there's many, many aspects for the psychological aspects of the water wheel. There's blockages in the water wheel. There's different ways the water wheel is used. There's the alchemical water wheel. There's a different directions of flow in the water. Oh, it's endless. There's so much. You could write books and books on it. But I just wanted to highlight some of the differences and some of the confusions around what the microcosmic orbit is. Hope that's okay. Thank you very much. I'm going to eat this uh, pile of cucumbers I have on a plate next to me. It might sound like strange evening snack food, but 
I don't know. I like it. Thanks very much.